0: You're listening to the Unsigned Chat Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 30 of the Unsigned Chat Podcast. Before we kick this week's show off, I just want to thank everyone who tuned in on Monday for the Unsigned Chat Live over on Instagram Live, where I was chatting with the fantastic singer-songwriter Rue. Do join me this Monday on Instagram Live, 8pm UK time, where I'm going to be chatting to the fantastic singer-songwriter Emily Fay about all things music. So, episode 30 of the Unsigned Chat Podcast. What a milestone to actually reach. I can't believe we've actually created 30 episodes of the Unsigned Chat podcast. I must thank all you awesome listeners who listen to the podcast each week. So thank you so much. I'm also pleased to say that Jaina is back with us this week for another podcast episode. So Jaina, how are you?
1: I am. How about you?
0: Yeah, not bad, not bad. Good. How you had a good week so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been an alright week.
0: I'm super excited about the guest on the show this week. Usually people that uh, listen to the show each week know that we always have um, an artist that comes on the show. and We talk about all things music. This week our guest is an artist manager from Scal River Management and pleased to have Rachel Selleck with us. So Rachel, how are you? Good, thanks. It's, we're quite excited for this podcast because we've never actually had an artist manager on the podcast before. Oh, cool. Before.
2: I'm super excited. So I artists. only did, I did my first one about a week or so ago. I've not done many of these, <laughs> but they're really enjoyable. I quite enjoy kind of talking through the process of of management and stuff like that, because I feel like people don't really get to kind of... Un- to hear about it as much as the artist,
0: I suppose. So how did you get into artist management? Um,
2: Good question. So I basically, um, I met um, a guy called Danny McMahon at Country to Country in 2017, which is like the UK's largest country music festival. And um, off the back of that, we just got talking. We were quite good friends. And we decided Mm -hmm. that he was going to record a country Um, Record, which he hadn't done before. Um, He was more into kind of the pop indie side of things at that time. Um, And off the back of that, I was still at uni um, studying science um, because that's what my background is. And, yeah, when he released that, which was November 2017, um, I decided that I would help him kind of promote the EP and then maybe see if I could get him a few gigs so that he could push it out and try and reach a good audience that would like the music um and then about a couple of weeks later he was invited to america to perform at a festival in california um and then to play at one of the big country festivals in the uk for uk artists um so off the back of that i was just like yeah this is fine like i'll just pretend i'm your manager and we'll we'll go through the motions and we'll see what we can do and we'll just keep pushing and pushing and and go from there and it was and then we just figured out that it was working um and that We were really good at working as a team. We were very, very good at what we were doing. And we were seeing results, which I guess is what was really important at the time, especially for Danny as a new artist. And for me, being someone with potentially no credibility as a manager, per se. Um, And then, yeah, so over the last couple of years, he's done really, really well. Now he tours across the world. um, More more specifically, he goes to Nashville. Um, He was in New York just before lockdown um, and Germany as well. Um, and then I decided that I was going to start my own management company. So I've taken on another artist called Kelsey Bowie. Um And now that's where Scala River Management exists, I suppose. That's amazing. That's a great story,
1: though, because, I mean, it just goes to show that it doesn't like you don't really have to be involved with people who have been in the business for years. If it works, then go with it
2: yeah this is it I think that's what I've learned over time um you know right at the beginning I was a bit concerned and a bit worried that people weren't going to like take me seriously because I didn't have you know a music degree or a business degree and I hadn't st- really studied music in school either um so I was worried that people were going to kind of look at me and be like well you know she's just someone trying to do it and it's not going to be successful you know she's their friend etc etc cetera. Et cetera um but over time I've just realized that more I think the most important thing and having spoken to other managers as well it's as long as you're really invested in what the artist is doing and you have quite a business you know logical brain to you as well to kind of organize things and strategically plan releases and marketing etc etc you can just learn on the job as long as you know if you really want to do it I think you can do a lot of things that you don't necessarily think that you can do.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I th- but I, th- I think this business with artist management is very much results driven, yes, isn't it? And I think as long I think as long as you can show result, experience doesn't necessarily come into it. No, that's it.
2: it. And it's about being patient as yeah. well. You know, results aren't going to come straight away. So if you can if you know that and that's in the back of your mind and you can fight through those, you know, hiccups and those things that don't necessarily go your way then you will start to see results because with it's with everything in the music scene, you know, from being an artist yourself, you may have a great record um, and sometimes you don't see the results that you expect or would like to see, but you keep going and you keep pushing and you keep getting yourself out there. And eventually all of that hard work does pay off.
0: Absolutely. So for people that don't really know what an artist manager does, how would you kind of wrap Mm -hmm. that up? Good question. So,
2: As an artist manager, predominantly what I do is I liaise with the artist. I kind of work with them to find out what their overall career goals are, what their visions are for the music. And I help to make that happen. Basically, in a nutshell, as a kind of a short story, um, you know, I will speak to the artist I work with, you've got to be very invested in their music. Of course, that's kind of number one, really, you can't promote somebody that you know you don't truly believe in so you have to really really believe in what they do be able to talk about their music twenty four seven, and I could definitely do that um so you know being able to do that and then work with them not you know you're not you're not any superior to them you don't tell them what to do you don't tell them you know, this is how you're going to release your music. This is how you're going to write. This is how you're going to record. It's about process and having a really good artist-manager relationship as well with them. Um, so I do a lot of, you know, the artist usually comes to me and says, oh, I've got this new song. OK, cool. That's going to be the single. We liaise with the studios, make sure that everything comes through. And I, I'm quite lucky I partner with a studio anyway. Um, and one of the artists I manage owns it. Um, so that's always very useful. And um, for me, um, so, but I I work with them and I work alongside them to make sure the product is great. Um, and then when it comes to marketing and release strategies and how best to promote the music, running through that process as well. Um, so basically everything, you know, and then following that for, to bookings and to festivals and to shows and and all that as well.
0: Fabulous, fabulous. I, mean, I did I did, I did I back in it was what two thousand and five when I was in the business and it was very different then because there wasn't the sort of like social media and the easy of connections as there yeah, is now. Yeah. It was a lot harder to promote an artist than kind of what it is now. Yeah, I think,
2: I think it's it's a really interesting one with country music because that's what I specialise in, modern commercial country. Um so here in the uk it's a bit of a smaller market you know compared to the likes of america um but it's been so great for me to be a part of that process from quite an early stage in kind of the uk's kind of perception of country because obviously you know country's been around for years and years and years but it's starting to change and it evolves obviously with the times as do do most genres of music um so it's really it's been really cool to be a part of the process right from the beginning and from the beginning of an artist's career as well and go through that process with them and it, what I've loved about this process is that people are really willing to support what I do um, and what the artists do as well and that helps in terms of like connection building and things like that so I think yeah you're right it's, it's a lot easier nowadays with a bit of persistence um, you know and constant emailing things like that and trying to get in contact that you can make some really good friends as well um as established connections in the industry
0: yeah totally agree i mean we did things like school tours and all that sort of stuff yeah which was which was absolutely great and it's a great way for um artists to build up a fan base if that's your target audience um but yeah i think just now it's just so different than what it was you know even back in 2005 which is interesting to see how it's kind of moving along. Yeah, 100%.
2: Really. And even at the moment, it's, it's a completely different thing. Again, because we've not been able to go and perform live, because the artist can't perform live, we've had to turn all of our attention on to how to promote an artist online. That is the sole form of marketing and promotion at the moment. You know, you can't get booking agents and fans to come to a show. So you've got to make sure that everything that you post on social media is pristine and it's clear and it's eye catching and people want to watch it and you do enough live streams, but you don't oversaturate the live streams. You know, it's about this perfect balance. And that's it's been a really interesting thing to follow. And I think over the next few weeks and the next few months, when shows come up again, that's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see that transition. So the reverse transition of what we've just been through, but also I think there's going to be differences where people are going to go to online kind of social media platforms more so than maybe they did before.
0: Yeah, I think it's also interesting at the moment because there's a couple of artists that I see that do um, live streaming events and they charge tickets for that live streaming event, which I I think is a great way for an artist to make some additional revenue certainly in times like this. Yeah,
2: 100%. There's been some great inventive ways as well to do that you know obviously all the artists have um usually have tip jars um from paypal but also like spotify have got on board with that so you can put your paypal or if you want to raise money for a charity you can pop that on the top of your spotify page um you know artists are raising coming together and doing collaborations they're raising money for so many different charities it's it's such a it's been really wonderful, actually, to sit back sometimes and just watch it all happen and to see the way that people are coming together. And that's not just artists, actually, just communities in general are really kind of bonding together during this time. It's been
0: great. Now, I noticed when I looked at your website that you you seem to be what I would call like a 360 management company in the sense that you don't just manage the artist, but you also um, act like a booking agent as well for artists? Yeah,
2: so we do, we have three main components. Um, so, of course, the management side is is the, kind of the biggest part and what I focus on the most. Um, so I manage two artists at the moment, both Country Pop, Danny McMahon and Kelsey Bovey. Um, and then we do social media. So I partner with Puzzle Maker Studios to run um their release strategies um so what happens is when an artist comes through their artist development program at the studio um, and when it comes to releasing their music they can opt into kind of getting a release strategy made up for them and having me come on board as part of the marketing and social media team um so that's something different as again um so that's the social media sort of things that I do and then we do we were doing a booking agents as well so hopefully you know once we can Um, get back to shows we'll have that up and running as well so we work with other artists that we don't manage we just act and help them as kind of third-party representation to go forward to festivals and to speak to people that we know from venues that we can help in terms of maybe tour creation for example
0: you've done really well with the business thank you so much What, what advice would you give to an artist that's kind of thinking at the certainly at the moment is should they get a manager shouldn't they get a manager what would your sort of advice be to Yeah, I
2: actually had this conversation the other day with an artist. um, And it's very important when you're thinking about whether you want an artist manager or not, that you look at quite a number of different angles. Because first and foremost, there are so many independent artists that are doing brilliantly without them. So you don't need one necessarily. Um, It's all about the individual artists themselves and what they feel they need and where they can benefit. Um, So I always from say from a manager's perspective when I when an artist approaches me I would like to see that the the artist has created momentum on their own that they've already invested in their own careers in terms of maybe doing some shows and they've maybe got a record out or have been you know working really hard towards a record um and I went to a manager's course in London um, about a year and a half ago and the guy who was taking it said something that's always stuck with me. He said that the manager isn't there to take over and do what the artist cannot be bothered to do. They're there to provide that second set of hands. So it's kind of when an artist has created so much momentum that they can't do it on their own. And a manager will come on board and support them in their vision that they know that they have and be a part of that process. And I think that's quite important because a manager can't come in and do something for an artist just because the artist isn't driven to do it. It's more about partnering with the artist and really getting on board with what they know their vision to be and helping them to kind of to get there. I think that's that's kind of probably the best way to describe it. So when you're thinking, as an artist, if you're thinking about whether you need a manager or not, those are some of the things that I would be considering. Um, and then also making sure that you approach quite a few managers to see which one's the right one. Because just because you, you see a manager and you think, oh, you know, what they're doing with the artist they work with at the moment is exactly what I want. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you would have that same relationship with that particular person um so that can be from you know the genre of music that you create it could be just from kind of personality and character it can be it can be loads of different things um you know someone who is an incredible manager and has managed to get an artist a record deal for example but the artist that they manage is in is in the rock scene and you're a folk artist then they just that's not going to work I mean it might but you know the likelihood is that it isn't because that's not quite what the manager could fulfill for you so it's about kind of doing your research and having a look around who do you think would fit with what your visions and goals are but also from a genre perspective them as an individual and a person you know would you get on with them those sorts of things I think there's a lot of factors to consider um not just you know that management company looks really eye-catching and appealing.
0: I always remember a phone call I got from, um, it was actually a, a new girl band at the time. And they, they phoned me and they were like, we're looking for a manager. So I'm like, okay. They're like, we've just formed. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, what's the what's the band's name? Let's start with what's the band's name? We've not thought of that yet. Like, okay. <laughs> Have you got any demos of your music? No, we've not done anything like that yet. You know what I mean? You're just thinking, yeah, you're way too early in the yes, game. Yes, for- this is it. And, I- looking for a manager.
2: absolutely and i mean there are the odd occasion where a manager might go to a gig and see an artist and be like wow you know that i want to work with that i want to help progress that artist you know that can happen definitely um but like you say it's it's about the artist having already created some sort of name for themselves and some momentum and you definitely don't need a manager if you've just you know yesterday decided you want to do music um there's a lot more to it than that like you're saying
0: Yeah, I think some people kind of just think they need a manager because it's like a nice to have or it's like a fashion accessory. Yes. Whereas I don't think all people think about it as what it actually involves and what contribution they're actually looking for in return. Yeah,
2: that's it. And it's a business at the end of the day. You know, you are the artist is is the centre of it all and you hire, you bring on board a manager, like you bring on board a booking agent, like you bring on board a record label. You know, you, you kind of feed in and you bring all of these aspects together to surround yourself with an incredible team that can get you where you want.
0: Absolutely. Do you think that with an artist and a, a manager, do you think that an artist sometimes doesn't appreciate what a manager can bring to the role?
2: Um, Potentially. I mean, I think I've been very lucky with the uh, with the artists that I work with. That we have a really great relationship, and they appreciate what I can do for them, and I appreciate that you know they will always provide what I ask of them. You know, if I ask them to answer the questions to this interview, or go and do some co-writing or come back to me with some songs or ideas for promotion and marketing and and things like that I can trust them and that they will do that where and likewise you know for me they know that I will fulfill everything that I say that I'm going to do um but I do think that sometimes yeah potentially artists you know might look from the outside and think well actually no I can do that by myself or they don't appreciate the effort behind what's coming out sometimes sometimes people do kind of look obviously people only see what's on social media right so they see that oh you know that person's got to number one or that person has got this ra- huge radio station playing their music for example but they forget what's happened and then the amount of time ta- time and effort that's gone into getting those opportunities in the first place um, but I think it's a really difficult one to kind of say yes or no I think it's it's artist by artist isn't it individual by individual.
0: Now I chatted with Kelsey Bovey a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and one of the things that came across really was how level-headed she is with her music career and her aspirations of where she wants her music career to go.
2: She really is and, and what I love about Kelsey is she's still so young so she's at, she's 18 still um you know so she's very young in her career and but she's so mature and she's so driven and she's really motivated and she is she is so humble you know she like you were saying she's so level headed when things happen and they go her way she is baffled by it she's completely you know she's just so happy that people are relating to her music and it's i think most artists are you know especially Within, when you write a really authentic song and a song that comes from a, a place quite deep down sometimes, you know, when you see fans relating to it the way that you kind of, that's why you created it, you know? And Kelsey is incredibly good at doing that. Um, She's so honest. When you watch her on her live streams and when you speak to her about the meanings behind her songs, she doesn't shy away from where it came from. She'll tell you, you know, I wrote that song because I was bullied. I wrote that song because I saw a friend hurting and I wanted to write them something to lift them up. You know, she's got that really mature head on her shoulders, um, and that's one thing that I love about her, and one thing that I really enjoy working, you know, alongside her to do to create those opportunities and to to push her music out there.
0: Absolutely, I mean, there's like there's no like ego or extravagant sort of um, ambitions. Everything that she was kind of like saying it was all sort of controlled with a target of what she wanted to be as an artist, where she wanted to go, and how long it was going to take her to get. To where she wanted to be and it was just quite refreshing to see because some people have big ambitions and no kind of clear path of how they're going to get there
2: yeah no 100 percent. yeah she's she's brilliant at that and and it's one thing that the whole team and it's one thing that i centered my company around was that honesty um and humility in a sense and being humble about you know, the opportunities that you get and being grateful and thankful when they do arise. And when they don't, that's okay. You just work harder. Um, And I hope that my company will always, always be centred around those.
0: Yeah, I think that's how you got to be, haven't you? So are you looking for any more artists then to join your roster or do you just kind of not actively advertise that you're looking for artists you just if someone comes along and you think there's something there that you can work with then you approach them
2: yeah so it's I don't actively um advertise um because I don't what what I want to do is you know I think when you when you go to manage an artist that's quite a big step so you have to have seen you know the artist kind you I, I usually follow a lot of artists from from afar so I'll be like tracking their social media. Where are they playing? I might watch their live streams, and I might not interact that much, but I'm always kind of looking and scouting. Um, at the moment, I'm fo- I've got sole focuses on these two guys, um, and in the future, I definitely would like to take on more. Um, but I'd also like to build a team around me because I want. I never want to promise an artist something that I can't fulfill to one hundred percent. So if I don't have the time, for example, then I'm, I'm not going to commit to that. Um, so I think it's, it's about waiting for the right artist. And sometimes that artist will approach you, other times you will approach that artist. Um, so waiting for the right time, but also being realistic about the time that you have and what you can offer and the commitment that you can give.
1: Earlier, you said that um, you really need to believe in the artist's music and have faith in the teamwork that y'all are going to have together, and I think that that's excellent advice for an artist because you're not going to be able to have that great team setting if you're team doesn't really believe in your in your art but is there any kind of non-negotiable aspects that an artist has to meet before you will work with that artist is there anything that you look for specifically when you are maybe pursuing a new artist that you're interested in or who is interested in working with you is there anything that you look for You know, maybe they have put out some music, maybe they've worked to get that momentum. Is there anything specific in work ethic or creative um, process that you look for before you will work with an artist?
2: For sure. I think for me, um, I always like to see that they have a vision and a goal. Um, because I think it's really important that the artist is driven and has an understanding of where they want to be because it's really hard to work alongside an artist if they don't know where they want to be because you can't then get on board and focus your energy on creating a path for that um, if you don't know where they want to go in the first place. Um, if that, I hope that makes sense. Um, so that's definitely one thing. I also, when an artist approaches me, and says I get a few emails you know regularly saying hi you know I am so and so and I would like I'm looking for management um are you taking on artists and the first thing that I'll do is I'll email back and say you know potentially um could you please send me some information about who you are you know what give me a biography do you have social media links do you have music online and what are you doing at the moment um you know are you already halfway through a recording process and already have a vision for the next 12 months do you have something that you're working towards and and that will that's quite a big factor for me because I've had meetings with artists who then don't reply I've had artists who can't tell me those things but then I've had artists who are like really incredibly focused and driven and motivated and know exactly where they want to be and have thought about why my company coming on board would help them and benefit them and i love that that's that's a really big thing for me um so i don't know whether there's kind of a formula so to speak or a a set of criteria a lot of it is you know a gut feeling as well when it's nice to meet people in person because you can you can bounce off each other and see whether there is some initial kind of you know friendship and relationship that you could have with this person i think that's also really important too um so do, I hope that answers your question.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, I was just kind of thinking about when you were saying what your follow up email is to them. Would an artist, if an artist uh, wanted to contact you, would it be appropriate to like go ahead and add your bio or website links so that there's a there's an immediate handshake right there on that first email that that an artist would send to you? Is that because I think- you know you read a couple articles that's like. Go ahead and send everything. Your EPK and everything. And and other articles say wait for um wait for that information to be offered. So is there is there any um, like when an artist emails you, if they were to email you everything and that one email, what would that look like?
2: Um, I think I suppose the fact that articles differ is because of preference. Um, for me, I, I quite enjoy that. I quite like that because it means that somebody's thought about what they're going to send me. Um, an EPK is great because it's just one link with everything that you need. So it means that you can keep your email short and snappy um which as a manager when you're sending to venues and festivals they always I think they like the fact that the emails are short so they don't have to go trolling through things um so an EPK is always great because you've got a biography in there you've got links to social media you might have some some press footage as well or you know links to YouTube with live um live concerts that have been recorded and things like that so I'm I'm more than happy to receive those emails. More than happy.
0: I think you're right, Rachel. I think that's the right way to go about it. Because the one thing I used to always hate was email ping pong, where you're constantly <laughs> emailing back and forth trying to get information. If they just kind of send you all in one go, you can understand yeah. where they are.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can understand why an artist might be hesitant to do that in the first place. I do understand that, which is why I'll always, you know, I, I always try and reply to absolutely everyone. Um, but I agree with what you're saying you don't want to kind of be trying to tease out that information if they're not kind of willing to
0: give it yeah I agree
1: I think that when an artist send all to to us at onsignchat with their or you know a direct message if they have already included press pictures an EPK a bio everything that we need I'm so much more, excited to work with them because I feel like they've already thought through everything they already know what they want us to see and so I feel like they're just so much more serious and it really does help as we start to partner and start working through things like for my reviews that I've done or or anything like that it's just it just makes it so much easier to work together whenever you do go ahead and send that so I did want to see what your perspective on that was because like that's my preference but I was like I don't know if that's like a if that's an everybody thing or if that's just me.
2: <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. And I'm not sure if it's an everybody thing. I suppose some some companies might prefer that kind of initial email to be quite short. And maybe, you, you know, you just inquiring as to whether, you know, almost asking for permission to send. Um, but like you say, it's kind of it's really nice when you've got it all there already, because like you say, you know, you're, you're kind of like, oh, OK, this artist has actually thought about that email you know, that email has taken them a while to put together and they've thought about what they want to send you. And, you know, then they, you, they know what they want you to see. And I think that's really important. And that's, that's good. I agree with you. I'm, I'm right there.
0: I think uh, sometimes uh, artists just need to kind of have a bit more confident in their first initial contact, kind of have that vision of what you want, and what you're expecting from the other person, where you want it to go, and then just kind of be in control of the way that email is going.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I know that, you know, as an independent artist, if you haven't done it before, it can be quite scary. Um, and you kind of maybe don't know what you're meant to say. And and so I guess that's when you have to kind of have a level of understanding and kind of patience with it um, that they might not know that that's what they're meant to do um, or not meant to do depending on, I guess that's also an issue if, if they're doing research and one article is saying, oh gosh, don't do that, you know, do it this way. And then they do it, then it's sent to someone who actually would like all of the information on the plate straight away. You never really know where to go um but yeah definitely you know for artists listening to the podcast i suppose it's it's very nice to have everything there um and to just just go for it there is no harm in just putting yourself out there because that's what you do with your music um to put yourself out there and just be honest about what you want
0: where do you think your business will go then in sort of 2021 post covid what's your i mean 2020 is pretty much a write-off now isn't it so
2: online and you know with with lack of physical you know live gigs then 2021 needs to be full of them um i would like to i'm always pushing both Kelsey and danny out to new audiences um so danny's already um performed in in europe and in america but Kelsey has done neither yet um, because she's relatively new so we'd like to kind of organize some tours there we've made really good relationships with bands and other management companies in europe and in the states um so we'd like to kind of maybe think about doing some kind of like co-headline tours so those artists can come to the uk and get exposure in the uk but then off the back of that you know danny and kelsey can have experiences and go and perform live in in germany italy you know european countries um and then just Another thing that's been kind of fundamental to kind of lockdown life has been co-writing. So they've both been co-writing with people that they wouldn't ordinarily get to co-write with. Um, So people in Canada and the States and, australia and new zealand you know all over the world because they got the time um so they've been really wise and clever with their time which has been really nice to see um so then you know things that they wouldn't ordinarily have time to do they've been able to do um so we can get straight back in the studio and thank i we were really lucky actually because danny and kelsey recorded their new music just before lockdown um began so we were able to kind of use this time to promote that and both of their singles came out in the last two weeks.
0: And how do you kind of see um, the gigging scene sort of post-Covid? It's been quite interesting because I've spoken to a few artists about this and there's kind of been sort of different ideas and what they think it's going to look like but I'd be interested to kind of get your point of view from an artist manager's point of view uh, what you think sort of post-Covid gigging is going to be like for unsigned artists?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's very important to consider the time scale um, because just because shops reopen and restaurants and venues reopen, that doesn't mean that people are necessarily going to feel confident still in going out um so you know it's about kind of understanding that and maybe thinking about okay do we hold off for one more month because you don't want to jump back into it straight away and and find that people still aren't really comfortable with going out and I think that's going to be I think that will be quite common um so I think that's one area but I also think there's going to be a window of huge opportunity for independent artists because I think it's going to take quite a while so my full-time job is in is in research and science. And I've been working in an immunology lab um, with COVID samples. Um, so I know a little bit about kind of the background of where they're at at the moment. And there's gonna be quite a long time, I think, before you know, certain venues with larger capacities are able to open. So you know, those concert tours, for example, with these really big famous artists they're not going to happen for a while. So I think there's there might be a window of opportunity, ample opportunity for independent artists to maybe get themselves out there before those happen, which would be brilliant, because it would mean that only the independent artists are able to perform. So there's no kind of huge competition, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, perfectly. I think it's going to be interesting because I think audiences, I think it's going to, they're going to split up into three groups. Mm. And I think you'll have one third that will go out like nothing's happened before. I think you'll get the second third that are going to watch the first third and see what happens yeah. before they're going to go out. And then you'll get the third third and they're not going out until there's a vaccine. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think I think it's going to be interesting. But yeah. I think from a venue point of view, if you've got to social distance and reduce your capacity, that makes it a harder for a venue to make um, an event worthwhile. And it also changes the atmosphere within the venue for an artist they the performing. So yep. I think it's going to be quite kind of interesting to see how that plays out.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. And I just I don't think any of us are really going to know. It's such an unknown, uncertain kind of situation. It's not one that we've really been in for a very, very long time. Um so, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be one where, it, unfortunately, it might just be kind of a step by step process where we have to wait for a few weeks and then reevaluate and wait for another few weeks. But that's where it's going to be really important, I think, to kind of use those online promotional kind of material that you've been kind of plugging away at and still doing these online shows. I think they're going to become a lot bigger. I think they'll they won't be as many of them obviously when live you know gigging can can start again but i think people will invest in them still
0: definitely cuz i think i mean zoom's obviously very popular isn't it with people that are now sort of turning to gigging and um there's google meet as well and yeah even if you look at likes of zoom and even one where you get a 100 people onto or 100 participants into the um gig and you charge each of them five pounds that's not a bad little revenue you've made for an hour an hour and a half
2: gig no absolutely absolutely gonna be re- yeah it's gonna be a really interesting one um it's quite exciting at the same time because I think it's especially for someone like me I'm, I'm very much I love to learn and I love to kind of dive in the deep end a little bit with new experiences so for me it's it's all about a journey of kind of discovery in a sense of finding these new ways and and being a part of that process and yeah I think you're right it's going to be difficult if the venues are kind of at half capacity to potentially create the same atmosphere like you were saying before um but it's just going to be a journey I think for everyone
0: 100% agree 100% agree I was when i was chatting with an artist um i if, think if it was uh was it last monday on insta live i was chatting with jamie Alimarad and it was kind of interesting because he was talking about how things will change for example you won't necessarily have the same number of people that will help you set up your kit on stage and yeah. you don't want to be sort of sharing your equipment with other artists and you know, you don't want other people touching your microphone or your pint glass and all this sort of... And it's kind of like so much now that everyone's got to be aware of. Yeah. Kind of like surreal and crazy at the same time.
2: It most certainly is. It's not something that anyone was was expecting to happen in 2020, that's for sure.
0: Well, yeah, completely agree. But uh, anyway, we're at where we're at, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. One question we always like to ask people, it's always a random question. Yeah. And the question is, if you were to have a celebrity dinner party, <laughs> Who would you invite and why? And that the oh, celebrities oh. could be dead or alive.
2: Oh, my goodness gracious me. How many can I pick?
0: <laughs> our oh, dinner party.
2: Oh, so loads. <laughs> you know, I would definitely have the whole crew of Rascal Flats. Um, they are my all-time favourite band. Um, they're a country, a country trio. Um, I would definitely have them because they write the most incredible music Um, And they also just, yeah, they're brilliant. If you haven't heard of the Rascal Flats, you should definitely check out the Rascal Flats. Um, Who else would I have? I'd love to have someone like Stephen Hawking. Someone who's been a major pioneer of the science and research industry. Um, And I don't talk about that an awful lot because it's confusing. Um, But that's, you know, being my upbringing and my background, I just love... I love to understand, I would love to understand the brain behind kind of these incredible inventions and ideas that come from people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one for me. Some, someone like that. Um, you'd have to give me like a week to come up with a list.
0: <laughs> a week to come up with a list?
2: Yeah, So I, so I can think about it. <laughs> I don't do good on the spot.
0: I know speaking with Kelsey I think she was talking about um like having Queen there and Elton John and yeah kind of def- right, the ones she was uh, going for
2: yeah I could see that could definitely see
0: that so is um your management company is that something that you're wanting to sort of move into full-time because I know you're saying that you've got um, a full-time job that you do as well so is the artist manager the one that you're wanting to get to be a full- time job or?
2: it's a really difficult question actually because I love what I do um so I definitely want to get to a place where I've helped the artist I work with now get to get to where they want to be um which I think for both of them is you know a lot higher up the ladder potentially a big American audience um because their music is quite you know, modern country, it's towards an American market, but they also just love the UK and love their, you know, love the kind of, you know, this is where they've come from. This is where they grew up. This is, you know, the UK is such a big part of what they do. So I think just creating a bit more of a global audience for them um, would be fantastic. And if I could help them do that, then that would be incredible. Um, And just building it. And I would love, for the company to just be known as a company that fulfilled what they said they were going to fulfill um in terms of you know helping artists achieve their goals and their dreams um staying true to themselves strength staying humble spreading positivity you know being encouraging and supportive of independent artists um all of those things. And if somehow I can still do the science and research, then I'll do that too.
0: So basically, you want to do both?
2: I would love to do them both.
0: <laughs> you've got a great company that uh, you've started. <laughs> it? It is, uh, it's great to see what you're achieving so far with it. And I wish you every luck with it. Uh, going oh, thank forward. you
2: so, so much. And I love what you guys do. Um, I followed your staff on Twitter for quite a while now. Um, I just love how supportive you are of all the artists that come through and you're always promoting everyone and finding new ways to engage people. And I, I really appreciate that.
0: Oh, thank you. So, Rachel, where can people find you online?
2: Um, so you can just um, search Scarlet River Management on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then we have a website as well, um, which is www.scarletrivermanagement.com.:
0: Perfect. Rachel, thank you very much for your time. It's been great chatting with you.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast.
0: Also a big thanks to everyone who listens to our podcasts each week. Thank you so much for joining us for that. And we uh, hope you'll continue to listen to our podcasts. Hope you can join us next week for another episode of the Unsigned Chat podcast. But until then, have a great week.